Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, our topic is dealing with some of the things that uh, you may not know what to do with if you no longer have a home address. So if you've gone all in on the Great Loop and and sold your home and uh, are basically a full-time traveler, how do you handle things like mail and vehicle registration and um, residency? So we'll be talking about that today. Before we start, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes and Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with me today representing another AGLCA sponsor, Dakota Post, is Amber Hobart. And Amber is the president at Dakota Post, which is a company, as I said, they're an AGLCA sponsor. So thank you for that, Amber. We appreciate it. And uh, Amber is going to share her expertise with us on how you deal with some of uh, the things like state residency so that you can vote, opening bank accounts, all those little details. There's been a thread in the forum about this over the past week that's been pretty active. So we thought this was a timely topic to bring to the podcast. Uh, So Amber, um, if you can start off, we get lots and lots of questions from people on how to handle mail while they're on the Great Loop, but it really goes beyond that. So uh, tell us a little bit about how services like Dakota Post can help people who are full-time travelers and maybe don't have a house, uh, but need an address. Absolutely. No, so we can handle their mail, obviously. We do the mail forwarding, but then we also help all of our full-time travelers set up their residency for South Dakota. We also help them um, get registered to vote. So the vehicle registration, voter registration, and then just obtaining that mailbox for them and then helping them through the process of getting a driver's license and what they need to take with them to the DMV to get that all taken care of. Those are all kind of the areas that we focus on. Yeah, and I want to break those down a little bit, um, but I'm sure people heard South Dakota and went, hmm, that's interesting, because there are um, services that do this in, in a various different states, um, and South Dakota actually has some benefits uh, that make it an, attra- an attractive place for full-time travelers to establish an address. So um, you're obviously located in South Dakota, but tell us why South Dakota is a good place to uh, set this up. Well, South Dakota is a great place to set it up. Um, A lot of it has to do with our tax base. So we have no state income tax. So that means there's also no state income tax on anybody's social security income. There's no personal property tax here. There's no tax on their pensions. So if they're receiving a pension, they wouldn't have additional taxes that come out of that. We also have very low vehicle insurance rates, um, low vehicle licensing fees and registration fees. And our taxes, as far as if you purchase a new vehicle or an RV or whatever your case might be, that there is just a 4% excise tax. And that's much lower than really any of the states around us or even nationwide. That's one of the lowest. So good to know. So um, South Dakota, while maybe not a state that many of us have visited, even though we would love to, um, it certainly isn't an attractive place to kind of establish uh, residency. So. 
let's start though uh, with the most, I'm gonna say the most basic, but maybe it's not, but the thing I get the most questions about, it always starts with the question of mail. So talk a little bit about mail forwarding. Um, how do people who are traveling handle that? Yeah, so they have a, different options that they can handle, how they want it handled. Uh, they just pick a plan through us, depending on how often they want their mail sent out to them. Or I would imagine for your group of, I guess, members, you would say mm -hmm. that virtual mail is a good option for them. So basically, they get to see what's in their physical mailbox here live time. So everything gets scanned in and uploaded and they log into their own client portal and then from there they can tell us what they want us to do with their mail so they don't actually have to have it sent directly to them a lot of our virtual mailbox clients i have mail sitting in their boxes that are over a year old because they have the option to either have it sent out to them if it's something that's of importance that they want or if it's say a credit card bill they can give us the option to say, okay, open and scan the contents to me. So I can literally on my phone or my laptop, I can look and see all my credit card charges and okay, yep, those all look great. And then they, most people have bill pay set up either through their bank or through their credit card or whatever directly, and they can take care of their bill and they never have to have it sent to them. So they don't really have to worry about having an actual place where like a lot of our RV folks, they do, you know, I'm going to be at this campground, send it to this location. Whereas right. yours maybe don't have that luxury all the time. And they, some of them will and some of them won't. You know, obviously if they're at Anchor, they're certainly not going to be getting mail delivered. Um, but when they're at pull into a marina, they can uh, set it up with a mail service to have a package waiting for them of those important pieces of mail. So um, to do that, they basically just... Uh, file a change of address form with their post office, just the same way they would if they were moving to another physical uh, house? Correct, so they would do a change of address with the post office, then the post office has a form 1583, which gives us the right to handle their mail for them. And then we have like our own terms and conditions based upon their plan. And really from there, that gets them started with their mail service. Okay. So like I said, the question I get mostly from people new to the Great Loop is about the mail, but it really, once they start to do their planning and dig a little bit deeper, they realize the mail is probably one of the easier questions if you're not keeping your home on land. If you're selling that and going all in and, and going to be living aboard the boat or traveling full-time aboard the boat, um, there's questions about what you do about things like driver's licenses and that some of the other things that you mentioned, uh, which really requires you to establish residency someplace. Unfortunately, our society is not really set up for those of us who are traveling full time. So we mentioned that you can do that uh, in a, a number of different states. We kind of mentioned some of the things that are attractive about South Dakota specifically. And I know you can really only speak to South Dakota, but what are some of the steps required for somebody to establish residency? And we can probably guess that they're somewhat similar in other states. But from your experience, what do you have to do to establish residency? So in South Dakota, it's relatively easy to establish their residency. Their first step would be opening a mailbox. So they have a mailbox here showing that they have an address here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we are. And then from there, we assist them in getting their driver's license. So then once they have their driver's license, that's a second piece for them. And really with those two things, they kind of have their green light go as far as being a resident of the state. So is it, are you required to actually spend time in South Dakota to become a resident? 
they need to have one overnight stay before they go to get their driver's license and the driver's license get renewed every five years. So really you need to come spend a day with us for once every five years and take care of your driver's license and that maintains your residency. Okay. And what kind of proof do you need that you've spent the night? You just simply get the receipt showing our address because we are essentially being claimed as your home address. Mm -hmm. So when you check in to, you know, we have RV parks or we have the hotels, you check in, you give them this address. So when they print you out your invoice, that shows that, yes, indeed, that I was here. I stayed overnight for my one night. And then if you're renewing, obviously, you would have pieces of mail that you can take in to show them. And if you're not and you're establishing brand new, then we can go ahead and give you a receipt showing that, yes, indeed, you were here. You now have a box. This is your address. And that meets the requirements as far as that they need to get their driver's license. Okay. So interesting that you can spend the night in a hotel and that, that counts as residency. I, I'm surprised just that for something about that just makes me think that, you know, they would realize that you're probably not staying long if the night was in a hotel. But um, I guess that's really not a requirement that you stay any longer than that one night. So interesting. Um, so driver's license, of course, that's something everybody's needs to have, even if you're uh, driving a boat, because it's basically your form of identification. Um, beyond that, though, we do have some people who are traveling full-time, but perhaps have a marina where they plan to spend most of their time when they're finished with the Great Loop. So they may have a vehicle or want to get a vehicle when they're finished with the Great Loop and they're still planning on spending most of their time aboard the boat. So that becomes another issue. Um, so you've got a driver's license for South Dakota and you have established residency. Do you have to return to South Carolina then to register? I'm South, sorry, I'm in South Carolina. <laughs> Do you have to return to South Dakota um, to register a vehicle then, or can that all be done through the mail? That can all be done through the mail. We have a couple employees here that that's all that they do. They do the vehicle registration and assisting with people getting their, either their very first license and tags to go along with it or their renewal tags. So that's okay. their sole focus. And so, yeah, they can renew their tags annually is how we renew here in South Dakota. And it's just as simple as once you get your postcard from the state saying that, you know, your registration is becoming due, they can just contact us, set up an appointment, and we can walk them through the rest of it. And that, that can be a phone appointment to be to walk through it? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Great. We're going to take a moment, uh, take a brief pause and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we'll continue and talk about some of the things, that, again, that many people don't think about, even if you don't intend to have um, a vehicle. Uh, how do you register to vote? And things like bank accounts. So we'll be back in a moment. Your next remarkable getaway is waiting for you on your own luxury boat with La Boat Rentals. As the caption of your own luxury cruiser, you can cruise the inland waterways of Europe and now on the Rideau Canal in Canada. Whether you're looking for an experience for the family, a romantic couples trip, or an active break with friends, La Boat promises to give you a wonderful adventure vacation to remember. No boating license or experience required. A La Boat is easy to drive. Contact La Boat today at laboat.com. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Amber. I'm sorry. Let me start that again. <laughs> We're back.
we're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Amber Hobart, and she is president of Dakota Post, which is an AGLCA sponsor that can help with all those details, things you probably never thought about if you're planning on staying aboard a boat for a year or more, such as driver's licenses, registrations, um, and how to vote. So let's talk about that now. That's another thing that is kind of driven by your state residency. So uh, voting is another thing that many of our members, if they've established residency somewhere that they didn't previously live um, and possibly don't live now because they're traveling, they do want to be able to vote in the national elections. So how does somebody go about doing that when they're not truly a full-time resident of a state? Yes. So it's, that, too, is relatively easy here in South Dakota. Um, there's just the paperwork to register to vote which they can get that from our office, they can get it from our county treasurer's office, or they can even print it right off of our website. Then once again, they have to spend at least one night in a motel or local RV park within our county of Minnehaha County. Then they simply make sure that their names are listed on the receipt and everybody who wishes to vote, their names are also on the receipt. Then that shows that that is their address for their residential voting address. So if they show that they were there overnight at the RV park or at the hotel, then they can go ahead and use that as their residential address. And that allows them to be able to register to vote. And they just register to vote um, 15 days prior to any election. And then they can vote by absentee ballot. Yes. From there, they're registered to vote. So as a registered voter, they would just go on to the treasurer's office and they can go ahead and request an absentee ballot. And then that would actually, we, they all get mailed to us because we're their address. And then we get them dispersed out wherever they need them. So you mentioned the overnight stay that's required for the voter registration. How often does that have to be renewed? Just to get them actually registered. Okay. So once they're registered, they've cleared that hurdle and from there you know they're going to vote just like you or I would go to the polls today and show ID and vote if they're here in state and if they're not then they would just request their absentee ballot. Mm -hmm. um, and I assume that that can be the same overnight stay as we already talked about that's required for a driver's license? Yes they can do that all in all in one Okay, great. So as long as you know you're planning to, to utilize all of these different things, you can take care of it in one trip, which is nice. Um, one of the, the biggest reasons the, the thread in our members forum has been continuing is that some members who have used mail services uh, for some time or have set up everything through a mail service have recently found that it's become challenging to open a new bank account or even in some cases establish credit, like a, a new credit card. And they've been told that it has something to do with the Patriot Act, although we know the Patriot Act is not new. This may be a new um, implementation of it. Uh, but uh, they're finding that mail service addresses that they have been using are not being accepted in some cases by the banks as a valid address, and therefore they're unable to open an account or establish credit. Is that something that you've come across at Dakota Post? There are times that we have come across that. The caveat with that is when they run that report, whether they're applying for the credit card or they're opening up a bank account, any of those locations are going to show that they're a commercial location just based upon how they're zoned, wherever they're placed, is going to be a commercial zoning. So that's what triggers in the system to say, no, this isn't this person's actual home. This isn't where they live. 
However, we have found there's ways that we can get around that either by giving them a sweet number sometimes, or they would use their personal mailbox number, but instead of putting that, they put it as an apartment number. So there are ways that they can get around that. If we aren't able to kind of maneuver some of those hurdles for them, we do have local partners here that we work with all the time that understand the business and understand what people are doing. And so it doesn't necessarily trigger that red flag to them. So we do refer people to them since they are used to dealing with that type of thing and not everybody is. Okay. Yeah. And that certainly has been a concern for some of our members. Some have actually had to um, obtain dockage somewhere for a period of time to be able to have essentially a physical address. So um, finding a way to be able to get the banking services you need would certainly be key for a lot of people. Um, so obviously, this, this is a service that has changed a lot over time as things become more digital. And, and uh, as we talked about, the Patriot Act has probably changed things. How long have you been providing this service, Amber? So Dakota Post has been providing service since 1989. Mm -hmm. And how many full-time travelers use your service at this point? We are just shy of 5,000 customers that use our service. Wow. And I'm just geographically, obviously, you know, we've talked about the fact that it doesn't really matter if you're in South Dakota. Um, but since you're not near the water, I'm, you serve more RVers at this point than boaters, but uh, it's really the same need. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's absolutely the same need. Um, another need that we've seen growing, too, is also people who are taking care of their caregiver for whether it be a parent or a spouse that may not, you know, might be in a nursing home or something of that nature, or kids just wanting to check in and make sure that everybody's mail is being taken care of. That's another area we've really seen a lot of growth. So I think that, you know, as things evolve, it's going to become a lot more commonplace than not. Yeah. I mean, we've really seen more people asking about it uh, since things became more digital. I think prior to that, it was just a given that you had to have somebody go check your mail, whether it be a, a neighbor or a friend or a family member. Um, but since there are more efficient ways for a lot of us to deal with it now, I think that's part of what leads to the questions because I, I get asked that question uh, more now than I did 10 or 15 years ago. And you know, in the interim, things have become more digital and there's very little mail or really important mail that still comes on paper, but yet it's still a big concern because there are things you need. Um, and of course, as I said, it, it goes way beyond mail. Can you give me just um, a, a rough idea of what people can expect to pay for services like this? So if they would opt to go with a virtual, that's $228 a year, and that's for the service for one year, then if they would want anything actually sent out to them, then they just pay whatever the postage is on those. Okay, and then I, there's, of course, add-on service fees for some of the, the other things we talked about, like vehicle registration and, and driver's license and things like that. Just the vehicle registration is the only other thing that we charge for. We Otherwise, we help people get registered to vote, make sure that they have all the documents they need to get their driver's license and all of that. It's just part of our service. Excellent. Um, I think that covers all of the questions that I've been asked and I'm unable to answer because I lack the expertise. So, Amber, thank you for joining me today and thanks for sharing that expertise that you've developed over the years. Uh, we appreciate it and I know our voters will appreciate it as well. Absolutely.
And to our listeners, thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>